This is episode 40, Healing Shame and Knowing You Are Lovable No Matter What, with Sarah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I'm excited about sharing this episode with you because we're going to be talking about a topic that isn't talked about a lot, which is shame, specifically around STDs. But this episode is really about liberating yourself from any kind of shame, from the secrets and the judgments that go along with it. And I'm recording this just as it's starting to get dark out, which is totally appropriate because often what we're ashamed of, we keep in the dark. And that's why shame is so toxic because it leads to keeping things hidden, keeping things where they are tainted by judgment. To heal shame, we not only have to do our inner work, we must also have the courage to bring what we judge as dark or tainted into the light, to talk about it. Now, of course, we don't have to shout what we're ashamed of from the rooftops, but it's important. It's so important. We do not live with secrets. Being raw and real in front of others is another important part of healing any expectation hangover. I've talked a lot on this show about the power of vulnerability. Well, not only have I talked about it, but you've seen it firsthand. The guests that come on and share so openly and vulnerably, you receive so much from that. And I'm sure you've listened to episodes in the past where you felt really connected to a caller because that person shared so vulnerably and so authentically. But shame often stands as the guard at the gate to vulnerability. The incredible, painful feeling of shame is based on the misunderstanding of a perceived flaw that we believe must stay hidden. The way to get through shame is by stepping into vulnerability and revealing what we're terrified of being found out for. We all want to know that we're loved, even if we have these dark, scary, shameful feelings and thoughts. One of the reasons I talk so openly about my life is because it helps me break free of the shame I've carried around. You know, for example, I've I've shared a lot about how I suffered from depression as a kid. And I remember when I would go to the psychiatrist, I'd have to get a note to be excused from school and I'd have their office white out the description that I was seeing a psychiatrist because I was so embarrassed about it. I also dealt with a lot of shame when I got my divorce. You know, my first book I wrote all about being broken up with and then meeting this new man and finding the love of my life and getting married. And then four years later, I was going through a divorce and I felt like a fraud in a lot of ways and I felt very ashamed. But keeping it hidden just made me feel worse. When I started to be honest about it and started to talk about it, not only did it help me heal the shame, but it actually helped me take another step toward vulnerability. And that's what today's caller is doing. She's taking a huge step toward vulnerability. I deeply acknowledge Sarah's courage for sharing so openly on this episode because I sense a lot of you listening will relate to having secrets, things you're ashamed of, or like Sarah, an STD that you feel taints you in some way. So take a deep breath. Oh, and really take this call in. And as I'm coaching and reassuring Sarah, take my words in. 
Breathe light into the places you've kept in the dark because you felt dirty, less than, or embarrassed. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you carrying around a secret? Do you have an STD or some kind of illness or situation that negatively impacts your dating life? If you're experiencing shame, are you ready and willing to be vulnerable so you can free yourself from it? Are you harboring anger or resentment against anyone or anything that is preventing you from feeling the liberation and love that is your essence? And finally, before we dive into this session, I want to read you a quote from Sean Korn, who is one of my favorite yoga teachers and just a voice of inspiration. She says, there's nothing I wouldn't share. You're only as sick as your secrets, and I don't have any secrets. I'll talk about anything. I want to be part of the conversation that breaks down shame. So that's what today's episode is about. It's about being part of the conversation that breaks down shame. Keep that intention in your heart as you listen to my session with Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thanks so much. So my question for you is, you know, I'm single. I'm in about my mid-30s, and I was diagnosed with an STD about 11 years ago, and I just find it really hard in the dating scene. Mm. I um, dedicated myself to my career in my 20s and still in my 30s since I'm still single, but I just kind of wanted your advice, maybe some tips to navigate today's obviously crazy dating scene with all the dating apps and online and groups and stuff like that, but you know, with what I have and the essence of, you know, how to approach that subject with someone and, and also with the self-worth, you know, with, with having my diagnosis, it's just, you feel kind of down on yourself a lot. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to keep that self-worth up when you're trying to date. Yeah, that's the bigger issue. (laughs) That's the bigger issue. The other one is, is just, is physical. Right? right. But the, the judgment you have on it is really at the core of this. So let me back up a moment and just ask you, yeah. what do you find most difficult about dating? When does it get challenging for you with this? I guess definitely when you start, when I start dating and the relationship becomes, you know, both I or, and or my partner want to become more intimate, you know, I would have to have that conversation okay, with them. And then I guess just the anticipation of how they're going to react because, Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and I, all I can do is just tell them, hey, this is what happened, and everything is fine. I can still have children and everything like that. I just, you know, we would just need to be careful from time to time. So, But some people have just a negative reaction towards it, and it's their prerogative. I mean, they might not be as educated on it as I am, so I think that's just a big hurdle for me. Okay. Is it herpes? Yes, it is. Okay. So, and it's okay to say it, like it's okay to name it. So that's part of the shame. And as you know, statistically, so many people have it. And it's one of those ones that I think carries the most amount of shame with it. So you're not the first person I've talked to about this. So really, no, you're not alone in it. And I think, too, it's really hard for women because you feel a sense of disgust with it. Would that be accurate? Yeah, especially because I was a virgin until I was Hmm. 24, 25, and I gave my virginity to this man and he cheated on me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I I wasn't someone who, you know, I, I, who slept around a lot. Not that that means anything, but I'm just saying like I, 
I just kind of feel like I, I tried to do the right thing, but you know, I, you can't control someone else's action. So, yeah. but anyway, but yeah, it definitely has just a lot of shame with it. And that's, and that's another problem is the social stigma behind it. Like you said, a lot of people have it. I've done a lot of research and education on it, but some people just feel, you know, that it's just not something for them, which is fine. But I think like what you talked about, the shame that goes with it, right. I feel that I still deal with that 11 years later. Right. <laughs> so it's right. tough. There's the shame there. And it also sounds like there's a little anger there too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry this happened to you, Sarah. I, I, I'm sorry that something that was so sacred became tainted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I also know that you're not a victim in this. And I also know that it happened for you, not to you. This is part of your path. This is part of your spiritual growth. And this is actually, you know, part of how you will connect to your partner because the person that you are meant to be with will not let this be a deal breaker. Now, there's your side of this too. The more that you carry around the anger and the shame and the judgment about it, the more you're going to experience judgment from the other side. So external experience is a reflection of internal reality. A lot of times what people pick up on is not necessarily the words we say, but the energy it rides on. So when you communicate to people, let's say you're sharing about this with someone you're dating, my suspicion is there's a couple things happening. One, there's fear because you're scared of what they're going to say or how they're going to react. Two, Mm -hmm. there's shame. And three, there's the anger of the guy who gave it to you. So as you're delivering the message, there's all those subtle energies Mm -hmm. also happening, which are impacting how the message is received. So I I know, I'm, I'm guessing... I should say I'm guessing, not that I know, that when you present this, you, you share how it happened, you share the statistics, you share the physical you know, facts of how you'd be careful and how you know and when breakouts happen and so on and so forth. Would that be accurate? Yeah. So you're doing everything quote unquote right in terms of the words, where the opportunity is here for you and where I think you may have different results, both internally in terms of how you feel and externally into how the information is received is the way you carry this inside yourself because you are a prize. You are not damaged goods, (laughs) but really hear me. You are not damaged goods. And just because this is something that you're dealing with, just because herpes is something that's been part of your life does not mean you have to overcompensate in other areas. It does not mean you have to prove your worth to a man even more. You are not tainted. You are not damaged goods. And you have to know that from such a place of love and compassion, not just in your mind. Because I can tell by talking to you, you're a very smart, accomplished woman. But there's so much more to you than that. You're also vulnerable and soft. And you deserve a man who can hold space for you to trust again and to open your heart again and to open your body again. Right. Yeah. I, and I feel like what you said about the overcompensating, I think I definitely do that. I try to live my life, you know, the quote unquote best way I can to overcompensate for what I have. So when someone does see me, they, they see me as the prize and this, what I have is just, you know, a little side note. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. It's so difficult. (laughs) Well, 
I hear that you're up against a major kind of cultural condition here in terms of how we perceive STDs. But that doesn't mean that's how you have to perceive it and live with it at all. So let me ask you this. If this never happened, if you didn't have any STD at all, how would you be differently when it comes to dating or how would you be different in your life? Um, gosh, that's a, it's a really good question because I'll be honest with you, I really didn't start dating until after I, after I was diagnosed. I never really dated in high school or college. And, you know, I, I got diagnosed after my first sexual partner and, you know, I didn't really start dating until after we broke up. So I think the difference of, for me would just be, I wouldn't know much about it, to be honest. You know, I, I thought entering into sexual relationship, all I worried about was don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. I just never thought that this would happen to me. Therefore, I wasn't educated on it. I didn't know what to do and, and I should have been more educated on it, but I trusted the person I was with. And, um, it's just, you know, obviously I, I shouldn't have, but you know, life is life and life happens. So I just need to, I, that's why I've taken this. Obviously I'm moving on with my life and learning about it and embracing it the best that I can and bringing to the table, you know, what I have to offer, which is a lot of other things um, in my right. life. But do you see how you're still compensating even in how you're talking about it? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It's not a negotiation where it's like, okay, well, I know I have this herpes thing, but look at this long list of other things I'm bringing to the table. Love is not a negotiation. Yeah. And in my listening of you, you're working on trying to come to peace with this and live with this in your mind by thinking about it, by justifying it, by life is life and it happens. And where I'm encouraging you to go is to go back to when this happened and do some major emotional and forgiveness work around it because for sure the anger you're carrying in your body about this and toward him is not only not good for you physically, but energetically there's, there's a piece that doesn't trust men. And if there's a piece of you that isn't trusting, then you're more likely to attract men you can't trust. Yeah. And you want to be very mindful of the story you tell yourself about having herpes because we collect evidence that supports the story. So my sense is that you've got a successful career. You're, you know, definitely feminine in a lot of ways, but I can hear how you lean into the masculine in some ways as well. And so that vulnerability and that receptiveness and that sweetness that's so part of being feminine may be something that you've turned the volume down on because when you were like that back when you were a virgin, you got hurt. But the kind of man who will show up and play out the polarity with you in a way where you feel safe and trusting and all of those things, he's going to be attracted to your softness and your vulnerability. Yeah. And I've been told by many people in various forms of my life that I need to work on being more feminine. So <laughs> I love that. I love that we say we need to work on being more feminine. It's like an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an oxymoron because, you know, I dress feminine, I wear high heels, I make up and hair every day. And so I, I act and look very, very feminine, but I, I need to carry that with me. I need to, right. like you said, I need to energetically move that forward every day. 
And and again, I love dressing up and I love heels the way they look, not the way they feel and, you know, all that stuff. But that can also be overcompensation. Sometimes I see with women who have an STD, especially herpes, they, they overcompensate in the physical because they think they're tainted and not attractive in some way. So they really, I'm not saying you do this, but some even obsess on the physical level. So for you, sweetheart, it's again, it's going back and doing the work around this so that you can come to such a place. It's like the way you would want a man to see you and accept you is what you need to do for yourself. When you do this for yourself, you will attract a different kind of man. Yeah, you're right. So if you could go back to your, you said you were 24? Yeah. Okay. So if you could go back to your 24-year-old self and speak to her in the same energetic that I'm speaking to you right now with so much compassion, so much compassion, what would you say to her? That you're going to be okay and that life is a journey and this is just one step and one chapter of it and and it, embrace it and not everyone's going to hurt you and um and just to move forward i think yeah that was really great but see how it was kind of um coachy okay so just close your eyes and just take my words in for a moment and just imagine that 24 year old self Can you picture her? Yeah. Okay. So just take this in. Oh, sweetheart, I'm so, so sorry. I know you trusted and I understand you feel duped right now. You feel lied to. You feel dirty. And I'm so sorry this happened. And I really want you to know, I really want you to know that I know this hurts so bad right now but this isn't going to determine the rest of your life. And this was not your fault. You are lovable. You are beautiful. You are whole. And I will always, always, always love you no matter what. There's nothing wrong or damaged about you. And how does that feel? It feels great. Yeah. So when this happened to you, there wasn't a lot of compassion, understanding, forgiveness at the time. No, there was none. You were in shock, you were traumatized, and you felt shame. And, And shame is toxic. And the only way we heal shame is we bring it into the light. And by calling me, this is a great step of you bringing it into the light. And my, again, my encouragement to you is to work with this in a different way. You've been doing a great, wonderful job of working with it by telling yourself you're okay, by telling yourself there's all kinds of other wonderful qualities about you, by doing the research, by being honest with people. Bravo, well done. But now it's next level. Now it's bringing the compassion the love, the forgiveness to this deep, deep, deep owie. 
so that you don't have to relive it every day. Yeah, absolutely. So before this happened, up until the age of 24, how would you describe your relationship with yourself? That's a good question. I, I don't, I don't, I, I feel I had a good relationship with myself, but, um, I think I was still overcompensating even before this happened because I was bullied as a child for many, many years. Mm. And, uh, so I, that shame that came with that, uh, which is probably a reason why I wouldn't let myself get too close to men, uh, just because I was trying to be the best quote unquote best person I could be, you know, had a good major in college and I studied abroad and I tried to, you know, obviously build that quote resume for me (laughs) to overcompensate even then because of that. And then, you know, just when this happened when I was 24, just kind of was another blow. So, um, I think I had a good relationship with myself. I haven't really thought about it that much though. Well, you have a good relationship with yourself in terms of like you create things in the world. Right. And you, right. you do you take care of yourself and you protect yourself and you do what you need to do to, to stay in line in a lot of ways. So right. I want to see if I can leave you with just some, a bigger perspective and a reframe of this experience from okay. a spiritual perspective, Sarah, the universe will do whatever it needs to do to get our attention to heal our core wound and the biggest thing that's getting in the way of us living into our full potential and having our heart's desire. A core wound for you is shame, being bullied, how you've dealt with that is overcompensating. It was continuing and continuing in your twenties and you've been given this gift. I'm going to call it a gift of the herpes because it was something that on like a soul level, um, you knew would get your attention and would be something that you couldn't sweep under the rug. It's something that you think about every day. And this is the very thing that is your invitation to change the way that you feel worthy, that you feel valuable. It's time to stop compensating and move into compassion and open your heart again and begin to trust. That was then this is now. And from my point of view, this gift of the STD is going to give you the kind of relationship and intimacy with a man that may not have been possible if this never happened. Yeah. Because you're going to get to a place if you do, if you do the work, which I think you will, you're going to get to a place inside yourself of such deep acceptance and such deep love that that is the kind of love you will attract. And wouldn't you rather have that kind of deep, intimate relationship than a relationship that's just based on compatibility? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So now you have the opportunity to date from your heart rather than your head. Right. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, if you really do the work and heal this from an emotional, mental, spiritual, and, you know, from my point of view, I know a lot of people who have had herpes and haven't had outbreaks in decades and decades and decades because the healing they did at the emotional, spiritual level 
helped on the physical level. But this is not who you are. It's just a part of your journey that's going to help you love even deeper and even greater. And isn't that an amazing gift to give to a man? Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you see based on everything we talked about? What do you see or feel in terms of how you can work with this? Definitely opening up every day with more compassion to myself and loving myself wholeheartedly more than I have been in the past and having that breakthrough of just being compassionate with myself, with my spirit, with my soul, with my body, with my heart, with my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, I don't think I've come from a compassionate place in a long time because I've been overcompensating forever. Yeah. So I need to start the healing process and I need to be more compassionate with myself and, and forgiveness. Definitely. Yeah. Do you have expectation hangover? Um, probably. Okay. Well, if you don't, that's my last book. If you don't have it, get it It, and work through it. It will help. It will help. Okay, great. It would be an amazing, um, kind of tool and guide for you as you move through this. The other thing I would recommend is writing a letter to that 24 year old, reassuring her being with her, letting her feel the emotion she may not have gotten to feel and holding a space of compassion for her to do that. The other thing I'd recommend is writing a big kind of F you letter to the guy who gave it to you, get all the anger out, just rip him to shreds, whatever you need to do, and then actually rip that letter to shreds and see if the energy has shifted. If not, give it a day or two, then light a candle, write him a letter forgiving him and forgiving doesn't mean condoning forgiveness means taking out the judgment because you're still energetically in relationship with him as long as you continue to blame him. So light the candle, write the letter, let the candle burn all the way out and let that be a ceremony that you do to, to cut the cord and to release the anger and the bondage that you have to him. You're still carrying him around in your body and it's time for him to get out of your body. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Does this give you some direction? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Again, thank you to Sarah. I trust her courage was a gift to you. I want to emphasize that we cannot talk our way out of trauma and shame. Like the shock that she had around the traumatic event she shared about, you can't just go in your head and talk yourself out of it and tell yourself it happened for a reason. We have to feel our way through it. We have to go back to those places inside that got hurt or traumatized with so much compassion and so much willingness to feel the feelings we never really got to feel. It's such an important part of the healing process. We can't just get over it and on with it by thinking about it. For example, if you broke your arm and it was bleeding and the paramedics just talked to you about how you were going to be okay and it happened for a reason and broken arms happen to a lot of people and never actually treated your broken arm, what would happen? It would never heal. We have to go back and actually treat the wound. That's why I recommended to her to go back and deal with those unresolved issues, deal with those feelings she had never dealt with and deal with the shame with so much compassion. Because when it comes to these events, traumatic events or events that produce shame, often there wasn't compassion. There was just secrecy and judgment and anger 
And those things only perpetuate the shame. They don't heal. The other thing we touched on is how she overcompensated her whole life. You know, compensatory strategies are something we talk a lot about on this show. Whenever we feel less than, whenever we feel like something's wrong with us, we come up with a way to overcompensate. Overdoing and overemphasis on physical appearance, whatever your overing is, really look at what are you trying to compensate for? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing less than. Please stop trying to compensate by overfixating on your appearance, by overfixating on what you can create in life, by overfixating on money or success or whatever it is. And just give yourself the gift of radical self-acceptance. You are not damaged, broken, dirty, or tainted. Please, for the sake of well-being, stop buying into that misunderstanding. The more you heal core wounds, bring shame into the light, forgive and reframe how you see yourself, the more you will shift how you are seen. I want to highlight as well how I talked to Sarah about how the universe will bring things into our awareness to help us heal, not to punish us. If we can reframe how we look at them, even the seemingly terrible things can be blessings. And before I dive into the takeaways from today, I want to read you another story to inspire you even more. This was from Jasmine, who contributed this piece to Expectation Hangover. She writes, My 12-year-old daughter deals with depression, anxiety, and behavioral issues. Many kids don't understand her, and she's been bullied a lot, despite my attempts to protect her. Because of the shame I felt over feeling like I failed as a mother, I gained a lot of weight and withdrew from friendships, as it was too hard to go out and pretend I was happy and had perfect children when it wasn't the truth. Being honest with myself that I'm not perfect and I don't have a perfect daughter has been hard, as I've always been a perfectionist. I thought of myself as a failure at home, so I put my heart and soul into my job. I would hide my sadness and come to work as though I were an actress and just playing the perfect teacher role. My friends and family had no idea, and I was living a lie. Eventually, I couldn't take the charade anymore, so I let people see my vulnerable side. As scary as it was to drop the facade, it was even more liberating. I began to open up to others and let my feelings show, which made my students, colleagues, friends, and strangers identify with me even more. This experience taught me not to worry about what my neighbors or other people think of me or my daughter or my parenting skills. My heart has softened by letting people see the real me. And now it's easy for me to see that my daughter has a heart of gold and that I'll always be her number one fan no matter what. We are now closer. As I've lowered my expectations of us both, freed myself of shame, and now she is free to be the quirky, lovable yet anxious, and sometimes sad and vulnerable young lady that she is. So your takeaways for this episode. Vulnerability. What secrets do you have that you've kept in the dark that you need to bring into the light? If you do have an STD or herpes, find people to talk to you about it so you don't feel alone. Like Sarah said in the call, a lot of people have it. I don't know what the statistics are exactly. I think it's one in three or one in four. It's a lot of people. I've had a lot of people come to me at retreats or for coaching around this. Talk to people about it so you realize you're not the only one. Also, do the kind of emotional work I advise Sarah to do. Maybe write a letter to the younger part of you that went through a traumatic experience or experienced things that have made you feel shameful or like you have to keep a secret. And if you're really carrying around a secret that you feel you can't talk to anybody in your life about, find a professional, find a coach, find a therapist, find a support group. 
don't keep it inside. And finally, look at where you're compensating because of something you judge about yourself and back off a bit. All you perfectionists out there, turn the dial of that perfectionism down and just be you. Let your light lead. And the more you bring the things you were ashamed of into the light, the more the light can be seen and can lead you. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.